You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Luke 19, 12th chapter, Luke 19, 12th verse through the 26th verse, and it reads, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. This is a conqueror who's going to conquer some land. And they clearly understood that in the, in the age and stage of the Roman Empire. Verse 13, he's called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. What I didn't realize until I went back and studied again this week, because I was always thinking of the parallel from Matthew 25. This, this parable, he says there were ten servants who he gave ten pounds. Each of, so he had ten of them. Each of them he gave one. He took the ten and divided it to each of them. That's a little bit different than Matthew 25 with the five, the two, and the one. So he took each of them and gave each of them the same thing. Verse 14. His citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money. What did he give them? He to me had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. So when he said, occupy till I come, he was expecting them, that means they were to trade with what he gave them. Verse 16, then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound has gained 10 pounds. He took one and made it 10. He said, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over 10 cities. And the second came and saying, Lord, thy pound again has gained five pounds. One, he produced five times as much. And he said unto him, be thou also over five cities. Notice they got rewarded based upon what they had done with what he had given them. Verse 19, and he said likewise to him, be thou over five cities. And another came saying, Lord, here's thy pound, which I have laid up in a napkin or a handkerchief for I fear thee because thou art a austere man. You take up what you haven't, what you lay, you, thou taketh up that thou layest not down. You reap what you didn't sow. And he said to him, out of thine own mouth would I judge thee, thou wicked servant. You knew I was an austere man taken up that I laid not down and reaping that I did not sow. That's what you're saying about me? Well, that's what you really believed about me, verse 23. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank? Why didn't you at least put it in the bank? That at my coming I might have required mine own with usury or interest. And he said unto him, unto them that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him that hath ten. The one who, produced, who showed he could handle more, he gave more. The most. And they said to him, Lord, he hath 10 pounds. He already got 10 pounds. But he said in verse 26, I say unto you that everyone which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath, shall be taken away from him. God bless your word as we receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Notice verse 26 everyone which hath shall be given, everyone who hath 
who when I give him something, has something to show for it, I'll give him more. Everyone who has nothing to show for it, even what he has will be taken away from it, from him. Y'all know we have an expression that we say the rich get rich and the poor get poorer. And sometimes there are people who get, a, get richer by oppressing people. That's not, and that's never a good thing. God, God has warned those who oppress the poor or get rich by taking advantage of other people. There are people who do that all the time. There's a, there's, a, there's a warning in Scripture about those who do that. The judgment of God comes upon people who do that. But there is a principle that the rich get richer because they know what to do with the riches. Don't get mad that the rich get richer. They got, many times people got rich, and I can talk about people like myself who came from nothing because you learn what to do with the little. So you can get mad all day. The rich keep getting richer. Well, maybe uh, rich people, don't get mad at me, think differently than poor people. As a man what? Thinketh, so is he. Rich people think of money as something to invest. Poor people think of something to spend. And sometimes even when you start getting, God blesses you with more, you can still have a poor or poverty mentality. For many of us, it's not our economics that is holding us back. It's our thinking about what we have. As a man thinketh, so is he. Somebody said, free your mind and the rest will follow. I think that was Shirley Caesar. Okay? So as, a man, so as we think differently, God can bless us with more. Notice the one who had the pound taken from him, it was somebody who just wasn't thinking or who, who thought wrong. He said, you're wicked, not because you're demonic, you're wicked in your thinking. First of all, you said, I know you're looking to receive something where you have not given. What are you talking about? He started them all off with the same pound. Um, one, 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 one translation uh, calls that uh, my, uh, Mina, M-I-N-A-A, which was a one pound was about 100 days wages. This is not a penny, okay? Each of them he gave 100, 100 days wages. Come on, think about 100 days wages. That's a little over three months that you can go with, hey, and have your bills taken care of. You can make something happen. It's how you think. I've heard people say they got laid off Okay, or the company re-engineering or whatever, and, uh, uh, and they got laid off, and they got six months of severance at the same amount, and they already crying broke. What's the problem? It's not that you lacked any more any money now, it's how you're thinking about it. You could, I mean, come on, six, you think, you should be thinking, six months, man, I can make something happen. I can make something happen in these six months. In six months, man, God, God, God just giving me some more brain space or some time so I can work on what I already work, want to work on anyway. So I can pick, choose, and refuse my next job. It, it's all a matter of thinking. And so today's subject, same scripture, but today I changed the topic today to the great investment. The great investment. Notice one, the New Living Translation says about this verse, he said, he gave it to him and said, invest this while I'm gone. He, uh, another translation said he wanted to find out what their profits were. The one who was wicked, he said, I hid your money and I kept it safe. And we said 2024 is not your year to play it safe. If God's going to bless you, you're going to have to take some faith risk. 
I didn't say dumb risk, stupid risk. I said faith risk. Because from this text today, we discover that God is a venture capitalist. I want to talk a minute about being a venture capitalist. God is a venture capitalist. A venture capitalist is an investor who provides funding to startup companies and small businesses that they believe to have some long-term growth. Everybody say long-term. So venture capital, so when we hear about these companies like Facebook and, and we hear about these companies like, uh, well, now Meta, and you hear these, these, uh, 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 these various companies, uh, especially in Silicon Valley, Valley, is that they, they get venture capital, somebody they cast an idea to who said, man, that really has potential to become something. And I want to get in on it early. And so I want you all to understand something. The text said he gave them 10 pounds, minor, about 100 days wages, Matthew 25, the parallel scripture, he gave them five talents and two talents and one talent, which are also measures of money. And so uh, this, this shows the role of a venture capitalist. And a venture capitalist typically takes equity ownership in the companies that they invest in, and then they provide guidance and support to help their business succeed. Venture capitalists, y'all, often invest in risky, innovative, and high, but high-growth potential ventures with the aim of generating a significant return on their investment. Everybody say significant return. Notice he told the one who had the one, he said, if, if, you just, if I just want an average return, you could put it in the bank. Because he's showing that God is a venture cap. I want a significant return. You just put it in the bank. It, it, I mean, that, that's just low average just doing something with it. Look at somebody say, do something, do something. <laughs> so I want you all to see here that God is a high-risk investor because the truth of the matter, we are all risky investments. I know you think you're all that. Okay, I know you're smart, I know your background, I know your IQ, I know you was in beta club and honor society. Let, let me see the hands of all my beta club and honor, honor society students here, okay? I ain't talking about now one, at one point. And don't lie, we in church. You don't have to lie, I can go back and check, it, check your records, you know, okay? You know, they have to bring them up in school and uh, the, 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 the honor society and the, and the A honor roll and the dean's list all the time. I know we're real smart and you've proven that, but despite how smart you are, you're still a risky investment. <laughs> but God is a high risk investor because we're all risky investments. Yet God believes in us. Yet God sees something investment worthy in us. God saw something investment worthy in me. Uh, I was talking to a niece of mine the other night, my oldest niece. And, you know, when, you, when you're younger, you, you think so. But I realized, you know, I'm seven years older than, than, my, than, my, than my oldest niece. We were talking for a good while, and she was telling me stuff about her immediate family, my sister and their family. And she was telling me some stuff I didn't know. Okay. And uh, I was telling her some stuff about my mother, her grandmother. She didn't know. Okay. 
And Pastor Marcy was kind of dozing off, but she got the phone listening to us talk. I had him on speaker. She said, Lord. And she basically was basically saying, she, she, she didn't say his word, but she basically was saying, and what she became, basically saying, your family was jacked up. I'm like, I, I know that. Okay. We, we just filling in more details of the jacked up to this. As, as we were sharing. But despite my family, despite my father being a heroin addict and then a drug addict, despite my mother, I realize, you know, the more older I get, the more, I, I, I feel more sorry for my mother now than anything. Had five children, very young, okay, very young. Didn't, didn't, hadn't finished high school, okay. And, and I look back and, 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 uh, and, and some, some of you, some of you, uh, some of y'all are here today, you parents who had your children very young and now you're living in your 20s trying to recapture your teenage years. It's over. No, I'm very serious. It's old. Well, I ain't never had a chance. We know. I ain't never had a chance to do me. I no, you didn't. It's on delay now. It's on hold. Y'all don't like when I teach that shit. It's on hold now. Okay, doing you is over for right now. You got to take care of these children who did not ask to come to the earth. Okay, well, I may, mistake or not, we here. We got to do what we got to do. And so, and, and so I realized, looking back over my mother, I said, man, I think now that I'm, you know, I'm older, I'm more mature, I said, oh, she was, you know, I talked about how you know, being selfish, and I realized now, but she had her own issues. Then I went back, and I started thinking, I said, who knows where, where she came from? You know, I, you hear me talk about my grandmother and how she was cantankerous? And that was my grandmother. <laughs> I think I got better as a grandfather than I was as a father. If my grandmother was like that to me, that was the grand what was she like with the children? You know, I'm very sick, because usually we get better. So I started thinking about, I said, where did she come from? And some of you, you will be able to relieve your parents and let it go if you just have a little bit of empathy and just really, I, I know it rhymes, but, it, but it, it, it really is profound. They would do better if they knew better. How many of you would, would have done better if you knew better? Come on, raise your hand. Well, your parents, a lot of your parents would have done better if they knew better. They didn't know any better, and a lot of them, they were doing what they did. Okay? That's why they told you to get the switch. Because somebody told them to get the switch. Okay? Uh, we, 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 we were, uh, last night, my son Daniel and, my, and, my, and my, uh, one of my grandsons at the house, and so he told him to come upstairs. He told him to come up and say, DJ, come up, come say, get a bath. And first he ignored him. And I'm trying to mind my business. He called him again. And DJ said, I'm coming. <laughs> I didn't say anything in front of DJ. I let DJ go into the room where he was going to get some toy before he went up there. I said, don't let him talk to you like that. He said, what? I said, his tone wasn't what he said. It was how he said it. Now, can can, can y'all imagine yelling at your mom, I'm coming! No, you don't have to come, my mom. I'm coming for you. You don't even have to come. I will come for you. Like Miss Silly marching off the wall. 
Now, for some of us, we, there would have been no talking. Okay? I'm, my mother used to smack me and then say, watch your mouth. I, I never understood that. I, I just thought, why don't you just tell me watch my mouth first? She would smack me. Watch your mouth. Okay? And so some of us, we just keep doing what we've done, but we ought to get better. Look at somebody and say, Lord. No, so lift your hands to the Lord. Say, Lord, help me get better. So all of us, despite our backgrounds and our parents and our socialization and the hoods we came from, and despite our education, and some of us, some of us, we realize we were risky investment. And some of you think you're better than others, but we're all risky investment. Second Corinthians 4 and 7, it says we have this treasure. Whatever God has put in you, he put it in earthen vessels. Earthen vessels is really a reference to dirt. The earth is made of dirt, right? From the earth we came to earth we're going to return. We quoted that home goings, acid to acid, dust to dust. We came from dirt. We're going back to dirt. We have this treasure in these earthen, dirt, dirty vessels. Whatever God put in you, he put it in dirt. But that's what farmers do. They put stuff in dirt. And they expect it to increase. And the hand many times got to get dirty while they do it. I was talking to my landscaper at the house one time. He was doing some stuff. And, and I'm looking at him. And, and he didn't have gloves on. He's just digging down there. And I'm looking at his fingers get dirt. getting. I'm like, ugh. I said, I don't know how you do that. And he's like moving worms out the way. And I'm like, ugh, I can't. He said, I love it. I love it, okay? okay. And, and so God put something in us, and he had to get dirty to make us. This is good stuff right here, okay? So we have this treasure, this earth investor, that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. So you are risky. Each of us is risky. But we have a tremendous upside. When my, I remember when my son, I was taking him around the schools that was where he could go on official visits and I was trying to recruit him. And uh, some of them were willing to take a risk on him. Some of them won the fact that he was very good, but he came from a small private school. And the concern was that about the competition. He's this good, but he's going to have bit more competition than this. Okay, and so I'm not sure. But I remember a couple coaches saying, but he has a tremendous upside. I never forgot that. He has a tremendous upside. Concur somebody around you. Tell them you have a tremendous upside. Upside means you're not as good as you're going to be. Upside means you have tremendous potential. Even though you may be here right now, come and tell yourself, I have a tremendous upside. Hallelujah. I have a, you have a tremendous upside. In other words, God has invested in you, and he's become a venture capitalist with you in your life because he feels you have a tremendous upside. God, but God has a history, y'all. God has a history of investing and partnering with some risky people. If you look throughout history, God has a history of investing and partnering with, with some risky people. Paul realizes this when he says in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 26 through 29, he said, I want you to see, brother, and you see your calling, brother, how that not many wise 
after the flesh, after the flesh is in the natural meaning or naturally speaking people, or they automatically had that. Now, there are not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty men after the flesh. Not many noble, these people who come from these greatest of families and, and all that and don't have any issues, not many noble people after the flesh are called. Notice he didn't say not any, so for those of you who qualify in there, he didn't say you can't be called. He said there's not many of you. <laughs> not many of you are called. He said, but God has chosen the foolish things. A boy from a broken home uh, with, a, with, a, with an absentee dad and a, and a, and a, uh, a, a, a heroin-addicted father from the projects of Jersey City, New Jersey. God has taken the foolish things, okay? What's your story? Where you from? What you've been through? Where you came from? It seems foolish that God would invest in you, that God would invest. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God takes people who look like they can never be anything and say, now watch me work. God takes people who look like they have no upside and say, watch when I get finished with them. Watch what happens when they yield their life to me. Watch, it, watch when, when my anointing comes on their life. Watch when they get revelation of who they really are versus who their family told them that they are. God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God chose them the weak. Things that look like it is, is, is not much. The weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. He takes the base, the lowest things of the world, and people of the world, and things which are despised that other folks will not look at and reject and say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You're not from anywhere. You, don't, you didn't go to an Ivy League school. <laughs> it, just, it just occurred to me. There's a can't get too many details. But there was an attorney when my son was in law school. Uh, there's an attorney I know who's a Christian. And they have a law firm here in the city. And so I know he was coming back to town. And I said, um, I said, my son may be looking for an internship this, this summer when he comes back from law school. She said, well, where, where's he in law school? And I said, um, I said, a Southern University Law Center down in... She said, oh. Ah. He did that, yeah. Why did he go to USC? And she don't want to talk to me no more. I will never, ever forget that. Now, I ain't saying I'm holding against her nothing. Okay? I won't forget that, okay? Um, but she may need something today. And she might have to go through him. The ones who came from the law school that she despised. Oh, come on, I told y'all, this is the year that folks who despise you are gonna be coming back to apologize to you. Write it down, the prophet of God said it. This is the year that folks who despise you will come to you, ask for assistance, and they're gonna start off with an apology. God takes the people and the things who are despised, God has chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught, to nothing, the things that are. Why does he do it? Here's the key why God said all that. Verse 29, why does he do it? That no flesh should glory in his presence, that you can't take credit for yourself. 
Come on, those of us who are blessed and we know that God blessed us, it was the mercy of God, it was the righteousness of God, it was the favor of God, we recognize I didn't pull myself up by my own bootstrap because without God, I would have neither boot nor strap. Whatever strength I had to pull anything up, all my help comes from the Lord. The strength that I had to do anything, God gave it to me. The brains that I have, God gave it to me. The wisdom that I have, God gave it to me. Despise me if you would, but I know where my help comes from. God is a great investor and I'm one of his great investments. So God has a history of investing in, part, in partnering with risky people. God preserved the whole human race, took a risk on a drunk named Noah. God raised up the father of faith through a risky liar named Abraham. God raised up a nation with 12 tribes through a risky swindler named Jacob. God raised up a deliverer and a pastor in the wilderness through a fugitive murderer named Moses. God brought forth a king through a risky prostitute named Rahab. God established a kingdom through a sex trafficking, murderous rapist named David. God takes a risk on people that other people throw away. God gave wealth and wisdom to a disloyal king. He's why I disloyal, because the Bible said Solomon loved the Lord, but he worshiped in the high places. He gave wealth and wisdom to a disloyal king with 700 wives and 300 side chicks. Y'all don't, don't know what a concubine is, so let me explain. It's a side chick. We were talking to somebody the other day and they, and they, were, going, they were going together and they mentioned something that had happened and they said, his mistress. I said, he didn't have no mistress. Y'all ain't married. That's called a side piece, honey. Y'all ain't getting offended, did you? Ain't no side pieces up here, is it? Otherwise, you have no reason to be offended. Y'all making me wonder. Lord, who do I have in this congregation? This is a risky congregation. God gave wealth. Solomon's risk. And, and that's just examples from the Old Testament. Jesus chose to dine with the biggest, most public thief, the equivalent of a drug kingpin today named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was the largest, most popular. The Bible says, I believe, said he was the chief tax collector. He didn't just sell drugs. He was a drug kingpin. He ran the whole operation equivalent of his day. It was like one of the worst things you could be. It's, it's like it, you know, a drug kingpin. You, you know he's rich, but everybody wondered how many people died. I know he's rich, okay, but how many people died? How, how many people dying through his occupation? How many people is he taking advantage of? Such was the case with, with Zacchaeus. I gotta stop here for a moment because there was a thought that I had. I wasn't planning on preaching today, but the Lord bringing it up in my spirit right now. Zacchaeus was in the presence of Jesus. Okay? Jesus tells Zacchaeus, he sees Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a short man, 
but he's a big king, king, drug kingpin. Short man, he climbs up in the tree because he heard Jesus was passing by. He climbed up because he wanted to see Jesus. Zacchaeus had three problems. He had, some, he had a social problem. People didn't like him. Okay? He had a spiritual problem. He needed the Lord. Okay? But he also had a physical problem. He was a short man. And he climbs up to see Jesus. And Jesus looks up and says, hey, hey, Zach, I want to come and eat at your house. And he's shocked. He comes to eat, at, and you, you all know, whatever Jesus went, his boys are with him. Okay? So he takes, he, he and the disciples go there, and they, they there talking about Jesus. Did, Jesus. did Jesus know where he got us? Did Jesus know what this man does for a living? Now, I got to go here for a moment. Jesus didn't try to blend in with him. Jesus didn't start partying with them to be relevant. They didn't start doing whatever. Y'all understand what I'm saying. If you know, you know. Okay? He didn't start doing Jesus just, the fact that Jesus wasn't judging him just to be in his presence. Zacchaeus sitting there and he's amazed that Jesus is not pointing a finger at him. He's not condemning at him. And all of a sudden, in the middle of a chicken wing, Zacchaeus jumps up and says, Have my goods I give to the poor. And about anything I take from anybody, I'm a, a, if, we know he still needs to be saved. He said, If I've stolen anything, ain't no if. This is how you make your living, dude. If I take anything from anybody, I'm going to give him half my goods I'm going to give to the poor. Jesus was just in his presence. Jesus didn't become like him to win him. He was just Jesus. Stop giving me this stuff. You got to go where they go and do what they do to win them. Just be who Jesus is in you. Just let Jesus shine in you. And let them, let them see the difference rather than you trying to blend into the difference but then explain. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.